Welcome to the Modern Jewish Girl Podcast. I'm Jenna, lawyer by training, writer and teacher by choice. Originally from New York, I am a proud wife and mother living in the holy city of Jerusalem. Join me as we delve into the Holy Torah's teachings and apply them to our lives. I keep it short and sweet, but always deep. Welcome. Hi, welcome back. I hope that you had a great Pesach and I look forward to continue learning and growing with you. Today I got the chance to speak with Miriam Gitlin, a certified life coach and creator of the Shalva Shift coaching program. Miriam is passionate about helping Jewish women who are struggling with challenging situations to achieve serenity and fulfillment in their lives and relationships, even if they feel like they've tried everything but keep getting stuck in overwhelm, guilt, or frustration. And we've all been there. She's also an artist, a wife, a mother of seven fabulous children, Kainahara, a former Kala teacher and marriage educator, and a writer with two published books and over a hundred stories and articles that have been printed in Bina, Hamodia, Ami, Mishpacha, and more. Personally, I really enjoyed speaking to Miriam about what self-wholeness really is from a Jewish perspective and the holistic type of healing that she helps her clients to achieve, starting with their relationship with themselves and then Hashem, and then moving on to their relationship with other people. And I found our conversation to be very fitting because we're currently in the time of Sfirat HaOmer, where we are counting the days from Pesach leading up to Shavuos. And traditionally, this is a time of working on ourselves and working on our character traits and making ourselves fit holy vessels to receive the Torah. So in that vein, I really found this conversation very fitting and enlightening, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, Miriam, thank you so much for joining me. I'm very excited to speak with you today. Me too. Thanks for having me. So I know that there's a lot to talk about, but I really wanted to focus on this idea that you speak about of self-wholeness. So I wanted to know first, if you could, I guess, define that, what is self-wholeness? And then specifically, what is it from a Torah perspective? Okay, sure. Yeah. So self-wholeness, um, it's an ecosystem of six different components. Um, there's self-awareness, self-acceptance, self-love, self-care, self-commitment, and self-discovery. Wow. And together, like they all work together to create something, you know, the, the idea of gestalt that like, you know, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So it's so true here. Um, and, and that's why I see a lot that, you know, people can get stuck on just like one or two of these. Um, but when you have all of these coming together, it, it creates this state of being where you can really, you can be truly connected to yourself and your neshama and, and therefore to Hashem, to the people around you. And just to really live with, um, a sense of vibrancy and, and trueness. Um, I talk a lot about kinut, um, in my work, which is this Hebrew word, which I absolutely love and isn't really defined um, so well in, in English, like we could say sincerity or honestly, honesty or frankness. Um, but it's, it's just like really being like true and present and, and here. So with self-wholeness, we're always starting from a place of self-awareness. And um, I think there's, you know, there's, there's different levels of self-awareness. Um, everyone I work with like is, is self-aware. I think anyone who's, you know, who's, who's coming to inner work or trying to, you know, battle a, a difficult situation is, um, is self-aware, 
But when we don't have the tools to, um, to handle the situation that we're dealing with, um, or when there are, are false beliefs that we, that we have, whether they're messages that were given to us you know, by other people, um, or just ways that we needed to interpret the world because of the situation that we were in, um, we're, we're not always able to be self-aware in that way when, when we can't deal with it yet. So um, the self-awareness that we do in self-wholeness, we're really, we're really being open, open to things that feel too big, too scary. Um, and, and then moving into to acceptance of, of that, whatever it is. And so often it's, it's good things. Um, uh, there's, there's a fear that's so common that if I, if I see the goodness in myself, if I, if I acknowledge, um, my strengths, then I won't improve, then I'm going to be complacent. And, and that's a lie. Like that's, that's the voice of the eight Sahara, you know, just, um, just trying to, to hold us back. So self-awareness, um, also like if, um, say in a marriage, right. If there's something, if there are things that your husband does, um, that you have no way to, to handle, you can't change him. You might've tried, you've done all the marriage classes and the books and all the advice. So, um, so very often, um, you know, women will just, it's just a defense mechanism. I mean, it's, it's something we do as children, but even later on in life, not just, you know, in our, um, in our family, uh, that we're born into, um, where we just can't really we see the situation and sometimes you just need an outsider. So self-awareness and then accepting, accepting ourselves right here. We're talking after someone's in a place of self-wholeness, they can apply all of these things to the people around them. Um, But when we're talking about ourselves, yeah. So it's just really seeing what am I feeling? What do I believe? What are my thoughts? You know, what, what's going on for me? And can I just accept that? um, as it is. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm just thinking like, from my perspective, you know, because this is a Jewish based podcast, like what about this process of being self-aware and moving toward a place of self-wholeness is specifically Jewish. So it's all Jewish. Um, it's obviously, you know, there's no like Pasuk that lists out the six right. <laughs> components. Like, of be, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, if if you look in Sifrei Moser, I mean, a- everywhere the Hashem created human beings. Um, Hashem, I mean, this is you know, this is in 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 the Torah, right? Hashem, Hashem created us. He one, he created us with love. He gave us an Hashem. Like I love the tefillah of Elokai Neshama, and um, you know, very often in the beginning of when I'm working with a woman, I say like, you know just break down, like have, have Kavana for Elokai Neshama, you know? Can you just and, translate for people who are listening? Who might yeah, Elokai Neshama, my God. And I, I love this because there's not so many people, so many places where we use the term Elokai. There, mm-hmm. There's only a few in Tefillah, but it's, it's like, there's a deep connection between me and Hashem, um, an intimacy there. So Elokai, Neshama shanasata bi, the the soul that you gave me to Horahi is pure. 
Atta Virasa, Atta Yatsarta, you created it um, and, and you put it in me. And, and this, um, I think, you know, not just the, the aspect of us speaking to Hashem every day, but just connecting with, I have, I have a piece of Hashem inside of me. I have something that's so pure at my essence. Like mm-hmm. I am pure and good and connected. Um, and, and a big part of, of self wholeness, um, is, is coming to terms with the fact that we make mistakes, right? Um, we make mistakes. We hurt people. We do things that are wrong. Right. And, um, and I am working with from women. So I'm, I'm working with women who, who accept the Torah and strive to fulfill it. So, you know, I wouldn't say just, you know, anywhere in the world, like if you don't, you know, you're all good, you know, like it doesn't matter if you don't, if you don't care, but we're talking um, to people who are, accept the Torah, want to keep the mitzvot and Hashem does not expect perfection from us. He wants us to make mistakes. Like he could have created us like Malachim and, and there, there's so much in the Torah about the the difference between a Malach and a Ben Adam and a a person, an angel and a person. Angels are perfect. They have no capacity to sin, right? They can only do what Hashem instructs them to do, right? That they are just literally, you know, like kind of an expression of the, 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 the will of, of God, right. um, but a person is created and a person has, has a Yetzirah and a person is created in a state of confusion and, and lack of knowledge, right? We, we, we learn the whole Torah and then, and then we forget it and we're here and, and Hashem loves that we make mistakes because then we can work on it. We can, we can come from a place of, of wanting to grow and wanting to do the right thing. Right. And, and, um, also just in, in terms, in terms of teshuva, in terms of everywhere that it talks, Hashem, Hashem is not like standing there like, Oh, you did something wrong. Boom. I'm going to punish you. Hashem waits for us. Hashem is patient and compassionate and, and wants us. So self wholeness is really like bringing all of these, these ideas, um, inwards towards ourselves um, so that we can act with ourselves the way Hashem acts with us. Mm-hmm. And then from that, we have the ability to, to actually make the changes that we want to make right. because um, you know, like when you, if you have a teacher with a class and she's yelling at everyone, right. They're, they're not going to be able to, to do, to do the stuff. But if you, if you have someone who's, I believe in you, you're doing amazing. Here's where you can improve. Let's, let's understand this. You know, then we have the ability to really, to make the change we want to make, to be the woman we want to be. That's really beautiful. And thank you for kind of putting it in the context of like who we are as you know, Jewish people and Jewish women and, and souls that are connected to God. And I think it's very interesting. And so interesting that we're speaking about this now, because I had someone reach out to me recently who listens to the podcast and she had made a mistake in the past that was like haunting her. And it's so interesting how we like to find ourselves. When we make mistakes, a lot of times we'll define ourselves by the mistake. You know what I mean? And what you're saying is so profound that like, no, like we're, we're in this world to make mistakes 
Hashem created us with free will. The point is to make mistakes, learn from them and grow and, and be better and choose to be better. This is what it means to be human. This is what Hashem wants from us. You know, if he, if he wanted us to be perfect already, he would have created us perfectly like angels, but he didn't. So we make mistakes. And, but I think a lot of people get, including myself, get tripped up because in the mistake, sometimes we'll define ourselves by our mistakes. And it's very hard to kind of accept the fact that we've made certain mistakes and, and truly love ourselves and, and move on, you know, so like, that's very profound work and, you know, people who have trauma and and things like that, you know, it could be very hard to, to get to a place of real, like self-acceptance and self-love. In terms of making mistakes and, you know, there's mistakes that we made in the past, but there's, there's mistakes that we make in our lives. Um, so self-commitment, um, which is part of this is, is a commitment to, to myself, to what I believe in, to those around me, Mm. um, and to those I have an obligation towards. Mm. So, um, you know, in terms of, let's say a woman is, is yelling at her kids. Okay. Like easy example. Um, so if she's, if she's doing this whole process, then she's aware one of what, what is triggering her? Why is she yelling at her kids? You know, what's going on underneath there for herself. Um, and that could be a whole bunch of things. Um, but she's also, she's, she's making a commitment to her neshama. I don't want to be a person who yells. Right. But then there's the commitment to her children, right? I am committed to raising these children in a, an emotionally supportive and nourishing environment. And so I don't want to yell at my children because of that. That's all part of self-commitment. Right. Um, and, you know, very often when it comes to self-care, right, we can feel like, well, self-care, do I take care of myself or do I take care of my family? Like, it, you know, it can be this, this battle of, right. um, you know, it's, it's like one or the other. So when you bring self-care into the whole picture of self-wholeness with the self-commitment, with everything, then you can make choices um, in the moment, just like as a mother of multiple children, you sometimes have to make a choice that is more favorable to one child than the other. Mm -hmm. Um, And it might not be, you know, I'm picking you over them. It just might be, you know, okay, this is where we're going as a family, right? right. We're going on this trip. I know you hate the boating, but you yeah. know, this is what we're doing. And so, um, so you're making that choice, right? And you're going to um, not berate the child for not liking the trip, right? You're going to support them. You're going to try to come up with something nice for them, but you still are making that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so when, when, uh, we're looking at it in the whole picture. We, we don't have to, we can let go of a lot of that, that, that conflict and that incongruency. Mm. So you're saying that like, for instance, with the mother yelling at her kids, which unfortunately was, uh, <laughs> was me this morning uh, a little bit. I really relate. Cause I was going through this this morning where I'm like, this is so not the person I want to be and why not that I'm like yelling, but you know, more stern than I want to be. So in that situation, if you if you have the self awareness that you're you you want to be someone who doesn't yell and the, the type of environment you want to create in your home, you're saying that you you can you can actually practice self care within 
like the way you relate to your family. Like self-care isn't just like having a bath and getting a massage, although that's great too. And sometimes that is necessary. You're saying like self-care can also be, I'm, I'm choosing it to behave in a way that is in line with my values and it's committed to, you know, my priorities. And so that, that also is a form of self-care. Is that, is that what you're saying? Um, yes, but I would say when you're yelling at your kids, um, there's something going on for you that's, um, that's been a trigger, right? You are, you're, you have a need in there, um, and that's not being met. And so, so not only, I wouldn't call self-care necessarily not yelling at my kids, although for sure you are being kind to yourself and taking care of yourself by, you know, by not interacting with other people with aggression. Um, but if you, if you do the, you know, the self-awareness and you, you figure out like what, what's going on for me when I yell, mm-hmm. um, I feel tense. I feel out of control. I feel like I don't have space for myself. I f- so then, then self-care might be when I feel these feelings in my body or these thoughts in my head, when I notice that this is what's going on with me, one, I don't self-acceptance and self-love, right? The meet, those two meet in compassion. Mm. I'm not like, there's nothing wrong with me for feeling what I'm feeling. Everything right. I'm feeling is fine. I just have a need. That need might be take a deep breath and say, I'm walking out of the room for one minute and I'm going to do some deep breathing or I'm going to say to Hillam or I'm going to just massage my face. I'm going to give myself a hug and tell and say an affirmation. There are so many different things that we can do for ourselves. But um, in that moment, you can give yourself one minute of self-care. Right. Right. Um, And then and then you can come out and you can show up Mm. as you would like to. So the self, the self-care is really like, in that instance, it's more like a self-compassion where like, it's it's a combination of all of the, all of the things, but it's like, you're having awareness of what you're getting upset. Why am I getting upset? And then you have compassion on the fact that you're getting upset. It is frustrating when my four-year-old like will not listen and just not get dressed. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's very frustrating. So like, I have to have compassion on myself that like, this is a little bit of a difficult, a a challenging situation. And, uh, but like you said, I can choose to, to step away and, uh, kind of do what needs to be done. But but I feel like it all starts from the awareness piece that that's what it seems. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much. Yes. There's so much that goes into self-awareness, um, and just layer upon layer. And, um, you know, you, you might discover things about yourself years into this work, right. That you just weren't, weren't ready before, but yeah, I see this as a cycle. Um, Mm -hmm. the, the self wholeness, um, I actually have a, an image of it, but, um, maybe I don't we'll, think maybe we'll see share. that on the podcast, yeah, <laughs> but there, maybe. yeah, so it starts with self-awareness and, and through the whole process, the, the last, the last step is self-discovery, mm. um, which there's plenty to be said about that, but that even more just leads right back into the self-awareness. So you're constantly understanding more about yourself and what you need and what makes you thrive and, and in, so in that situation with your child, where it's frustrating that your child is not getting dressed. So it could be that I'm tense because I need to get there. And I, you know, this is, this is in the way, right. Just like simple, like, yeah, I need to be there on time. Child is not getting dressed. I'm going to be late. Right. Um, 
right? So actually yelling at your kid is probably not going to get you they're on time in the way that you would like to be there, right? It's possible, right. but then, you know, you're going to have all that emotional baggage or it, it could be um, there's this belief that, um, you know, I can't get anything to happen, right. right? That that might have to do with other things in your life or, or nobody listens to me. Nobody respects me. Nobody cares about me because I'm worthless mm-hmm. because I was given messages throughout my life that I was worthless. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there could be so many different things, um, so many right like like what is it triggering it could be very deep actually when when you Mm -hmm. really look in and do do the work yeah it's very true um so i think we kind of in a way answered my next question which is a a point that you would raise when we were speaking earlier about why self-love and self-care is not enough if you want to achieve self-wholeness now that i know there are six prongs (laughs) these are only (laughs) two of the prongs so uh I don't know if you have anything else to say on that or if we've kind of already touched on it. Yeah. So I think just self-love and self-care are the two that, that, that we hear about the most. And, and sometimes they're kind of just like, you know, like trendy phrases or even, you know, things that you should feel guilty about if you're not doing. Um, And, and we often have, you know, let's say self-love, for instance, what I, I mentioned before, there's this, if, if we, we might have things about ourselves that we don't love. Right. And so, you know, just love it anyway, or you're fine the way you are. And there's a, there's a difference between you're fine the way you are, just love yourself and go home. And, you know, you are, you are fine the way you are and you are on a journey of growth right? Um, and becoming more of who you want to be. That's the and, Jewish perspective. <laughs> yeah. And, and with self-care also, there's, um, there's so many women are, are, you know, stressed or like self-care is something I just don't do it. So I feel guilty or I do it and it, it takes up time and it doesn't really help me. Right. right. Because, you know, that bubble bath might make you feel relaxed, but then you go right back to your, your life and, you know, um, you're staying a plate, you're spending too much time on your phone, you're, you're, you know, you're eating, you know, emotional eating, and then you feel awful. Like, yeah. So the, the two of those are so important, but they have to be within the larger, the larger picture. Um, and if you're short on time and, you know, you don't necessarily connect to sometimes the self-care things that we, that we learn about, like journaling could be self-care, going for a walk can be self-care or just, just sitting and breathing. And like I mentioned before, literally hugging yourself. Um, I, it's so when I, when I suggest to women to start giving themselves loving touch, even if it's just resting your hand on your cheek and just, just feel like send love through your hand. Um, sometimes depending on women, what women have been through, they say, I, I can't do that. Like wow. I can't do that. But then when they can, it's so powerful powerful. because, you know, that's self-care, you know, just we all need loving touch. Right. And and you can give that to yourself. You can nourish yourself in every minute of the day. Um, That's really beautiful. I never heard that idea before. And I really like it. I mean, I think also we underestimate, we, you kind of alluded to this earlier, like how powerful we are as individuals, how much potential we have. And 
how much we can give to ourselves, you know, if only we're aware and we're doing the work. And, and like, I think a lot of times we're so like outward focused, like we're looking to our partner to give us what we need, or we're looking to whoever, you know, anything external, but really like there's so much internally that we have and and there's so much we can give to ourselves. Like even like, like loving touch, you know, like we can give that to ourselves also. Okay. So I wanted to ask you, this is a really big question and we kind of, we've been speaking about it, but so how does a Jewish woman achieve emotional regulation or emotional health, you know, like kind of what we were speaking about, about like not getting triggered, having menucha senefish, having like inner peace. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so I would call that inner peace, um, shalva serenity. Um, and, and that's, that's really when, um, serenity is, is when you have, you have this sense of peace and regardless of what's going on around you. Um, so you could still be in a difficult situation. You could still have that relative who's an addict or, you know, the child who's, you know, mentally ill, or, you know, you could still have that situation, but you could, you could be, um, you could have this sense of, I am okay. I am here and I'm connected and I'm, um, I'm in life. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so there are, there are three components um, that I that I bring into my work. One is self wholeness, and the other two are active amuna, um, and that's all about your relationship with Hashem and really, really trusting Hashem and and letting letting Hashem run the world, right? right. Letting go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Letting go. And, and it's not just, you know, there's a lot of work in there um, because we actually, you know, it's not just, I know Hashem is, is in charge, but like I can trust and let go um, mm-hmm. is, is there's a lot there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and also healthy relationships, um, which has to do, you know, both with, with how we protect ourselves through true boundaries, um, and, and how we interact with other people. So the, the three of these coming together, always starting with self wholeness, because you can't really do the other two with, without that. Mm. Um, if, um, okay, I need an example. Let's say a, a woman's in a difficult marriage. Okay. Um, so the first, the first thing is she's going to, she's going to come to his place of self wholeness, right? She's going to, to see herself where she is, um, what she needs, um, and how to, how to meet those needs. And then once, once she's, once she's taking care of herself, um, right. Like putting that oxygen mask on, um, she's then able to, to figure out, um, how to, how to come to a place of safety. So boundaries are almost always the next thing that we work on and, and boundaries aren't, it's not about changing the other person. It's really just, what do I need to be safe? Right. What do I need for myself? Um, and, and when she's created a sense of safety for herself with those boundaries, um, she can, she can start to, to relate to, you know, the other person, um, with, on, on, a, on a real level, right? Seeing the, the other person for who they are um, and 
you know, without the need for her husband, say, that's what we're talking about to, you know, to meet her needs, right? Her husband right. is a separate person. Right. Um, you know, in, in a marriage, we've got two people, but it's like one plus one equals three because right. you've got two individuals. Um, right. They are different. They are not, you know, the manifestation of the other person's desires. They're not like completing you, right. but to together you have a marriage, a relationship, um, which is something in and of itself where, so, um, and, and for sure the, the woman's connection to Hashem, however, we, we often see in the beginning, we think like, okay, like I'm trusting Hashem, but we are so busy trying to, trying to put out the fires, trying to, to fix the problems because we're afraid if we let go, everything will just combust. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and, and we can't because it's just not possible. We're human beings. We're one person and and we can't do that. But, um, when we can give over to Hashem, um, what really is his, um, and let go of, of the other person while still keeping ourselves safe, because you can't, you, you can't let go if, if you're not going to be safe. Right. Right. So, um, so by learning how to, how to be safe and let go, um, you're then able to, um, to, to be in a place of, of serenity. Um, and, um, I talk also about like being in pain, not suffering, right? Because we're scared of pain, but pain is part of life and you can't, you can't live without pain, but the difference between pain and suffering, suffering is when I'm just in pain all the time, right? That's what's in my thoughts. That's what, you know, I'm walking through life and I'm, I'm suffering from this and pain when we're in pain, we can also, we can also be in joy, right? Right. We can experience multiple feelings at the same time. And, um, just one example that I saw. So it was just so incredible. Um, I was so happy for, for this client of mine. She, she had a a child who, uh, who was mentally unwell an addict and actually made a suicide attempt, um, the night before a big family simcha. And, and she dealt with, I mean, you know, she went to the hospital and, and Baruch Hashem, the, the child was okay. Um, she was dealing with all of these feelings and she said, you know what? I was able to show up at that simcha and be happy and be happy for my relative, you know, who was making the simcha and, and, you know, and I was able to, to be there. Even though she was, um, in pain, she was still able to, to tap into that place of joy also. Yeah. And, and, and bring the child with to the child wanted to come in and, and Baruch Hashem, the child's doing so much better now, which is mm-hmm. also, you know, just we let go and, and everyone has their own journey, um, right. you know, that Hashem takes us on. But so I, so I think that's really great. It's like, because you're, you're addressing the first, the relationship with the South, then the relationship with Hashem. And then the, from there, the relationship with others. So it's really very uh, holistic. You're the work that you do. Okay. So Miriam, can you tell us, I mean, we, you've kind of been speaking a lot about the work you do, but maybe just like practically, um, the, the actual work that you do, um, helping women to achieve this goal of Shalva that we're talking about, of serenity, of self wholeness, of letting go, connecting to Hashem, improving our relationships with others. So I, I coach women. Um, I work one-on-one or in, in groups and, um, really like they come to me with whatever their, their big problem is. Um, 
and and we we work on on going through this process together, helping them to be in a place of self wholeness, which means that they're they're going to feel okay, right? How to feel okay, and then how to start to fix things, right? How to um, how to work through and and make the changes in their lives so that they are, their needs are being met. Um, their relationships are, are improving and are healthy, um, and really connected. And, um, they're not feeling stuck or trapped or held back by their circumstances anymore, but they're able to, to grow and, and, you know, just despite to meet their goals, despite what's going on. But so often, um, I always say like, let go of fixing the other person, right? Um, you got to let go of that in order to, to make the changes. But so often, you know, the husband who has said he would never go to therapy, it's like, you know, I'm going to go to therapy, right? right. Um, the, the, the changes, um, the, the changes start to happen because, you know, you're, you're changing, you're changing yourself. You're, it's like a ripple effect, right? Yeah. You're changing, you're changing yourself. You're changing how you show up. Um, you're, you're being real and, and vulnerable in a safe way. Right. Um, and, and that, that cannot, that honesty, that, that realness is, is contagious. It's attractive. Um, other people want that. Right. Um, and, and so, um, so yeah, the, the changes that happen, you know, they happen and, and I'm not going to say that nobody ever gets divorced or, right. you know, the, the other, but, um, if that's what happens, then, then when that happens, you're going to be okay. Right. Um, and right. a different process than it would have been otherwise, because you're, you're a different person, hopefully. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. um, so, so yes, yeah, so uh, I work one-on-one, um, or, or in groups. Um, and I have, I have a, a guide, um, it's called, uh, the, the five step path from too much to serenity, um, which really shows how to, you know, what is the process from, from being here where it's all too much and I've tried everything and, I feel stuck and, and overwhelmed, um, broken and just how, how can I get to, to a place where, where things are working out and I, I feel good and connected and I have satisfying relationships there, there is a path. Um, and so that's available on my website, which is miriamgitlin.com. Okay. We'll definitely forward slash steps um, for that. Um, And I would love to, to speak to anyone. Um, I have a, I have a a button on my website where you can book a call um, to, to speak to me and just, just to see, you know, like, how can I, how can I start making the changes? You know, what, what is, what is the next step? Uh, Where can I go and get clarity from here? Beautiful. Well, man, this is awesome. You, you definitely have so much to give and, and so much wisdom. And I could tell that the way you, just from the way you speak, that when you work with people, you, you hold a safe space for them, like a space of empathy and, and not, you know, not being judgmental and, and really helping people to kind of heal themselves. 
um, which is amazing so and very powerful. So I wish you uh, continued success in your work. And uh, I'm going to link below so, so listeners can find you. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you. It was so great to speak to you today. It was great. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, give us a rating, a review, and of course, share with your family and friends. Be blessed.